Hey everyone, welcome to Jojo's World. Good morning, good evening, and good morning. And good morning, podcast. It's time for another vocal barrage of jokes and or just conversational pieces. That's right, our conversational stylings will punch you in the face so hard you won't even know what to do with yourself. You'll drown in your own podcast. I'm Liam S. Smith. One of your co-hosts. No, Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-host peoples. This is JoJo's World, our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, where today we are recapping and discussing the 17th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean. That's part six, baby. Are we high right now? Is that what's happening? No, I am. Doing my radio voice. Is this your radio voice? Coming to you live from a helicopter? Yep. Traffic <laughs> is backed up all the way up the Graham Farmer Freeway. Oh, God. That, that, that is going to land with, like, four people. Yeah, it's narrow casting like we've never done before. <laughs> this episode, Stone Ocean, episode 17, Enter the Dragon's Dream. It makes no sense, but go on. Covers uh, chapters 66 or 660, depending on how you slice it. Okay. Through 71 or 665, also depending on how you slice it. Ooh, that is a great number of chapters. It's true, we are progressing through the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure at an as-yet-unprecedented rate. Hmm. Who knows how far it will be until we reach the end? Nobody knows how far it will be. Until we reach the end? Yeah, that's what Death Stranding taught us. <laughs> Death Stranding 2, coming soon, as announced at the Game Awards this week. I am excited. I know at least one of our listeners who will be disinterested through to actively disappointed at this announcement. <laughs> Well, they just be sitting there going, you fucking it. Why are you excited for this? Get out of here. You see, I heard that Hideo Kojima rewrote the planned script for Death Stranding 2 in the wake of the novel coronavirus. Oh, God. Because it was too depressing. Oh, God. Is that true? So I heard. Oh, no. Was it originally just meant to be about people dying from a virus? Well, you remember like, how the first game was... It know, hit a little hard. Which came out, you know, three yeah. to six months before... The coronavirus pandemic yeah. uh, was all about people isolating in their homes and being afraid to make physical contact. Mm -hmm. Themes. And now he's like, maybe I should make it happier. I doubt it based on the trailer, but... Well, happier-ish, you know. We just we just don't know. We literally you cannot are say. literally pulling that out of your ass. I know, but based on wild speculation, I feel like what it's going to be is a bit happier. Okay, let's see how that works out for you. Look, if I have anything to go off, which is pure conjecture... Which is purely the trailer underscored by a melancholy reimagining of the uh, main theme from the first game. I think it's probably going to be happier. I look, I dare say, there's only two ways it can go, and I think happier is one of them. Nick, we have two pieces of listener correspondence via the Twitter that Ooh. I want to share with you from last episode. You can try. The first comes from Lieutenant Skell. Who has commentary, a bit of trivia that I think I knew but forgot about last week's stand, okay. Planet Waves. Something I'm surprised you guys didn't mention. In the original Shonen Jump run of Stone Ocean, Planet Waves was originally named Earth, Wind and Fire. Which you re may remember was also Mikitaka's stand, the alien from part 4. The alien from part 4. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget if it was named in the manga, but either way, Westwoods was revised later on. <laughs> Is this just because they were like, you do realise... You've already named something. You've already named something Earth, Wind and Fire. And then Araki was like, no, 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 that's impossible. I would remember. Well, he did it. I guess I guess for once the meme held true. Araki forgot. <laughs> but then he remembered. Yeah. And he decided, what? And secondly, 
Garmore of the Six Excels. What? Uh, has this to say. What? What? Garmore? Tis I, Garmore of the Six Excels. I'm here to pilot the Gundam against the forces of the Terror Federation. Get in your angel. Not that angel, they're the bad ones. I've just remembered the point is that they're <laughs> angels. Anyway, get in your big mech. Bad angels? No, Nick, angels are good. Get in the mech, Six Excels. Six Excels saga. Um, anyway, has this, to, has this to say. Big fan of Nick going, they listed so many stats for that meteorite. That's gonna kill her. Because that's how Jojo feels. The more information a narrator tells you, the more dangerous the situation is. And boy, do we have a lot of information from narrators this week. Oh my god. Now, for this... once, those narrators are in-universe. Yeah. But there are just a lot of people standing around being like, this is why this guy's so dangerous. So to be fair, if it's not the narrator who's doing it, does it hold any That's threat true. whatsoever? Anasui is nothing if not an unreliable narrator. Exactly. I mean, Jolene is just there having a great time, you know? She's just, this is just a normal day for Jolene being like, what the fuck are you talking about? What is going on? <laughs> yeah. But the narrator, he knows. He knows. Then he knows. He knows that those fingers have a grip pressure of uh, 200 kilograms per square centimeter or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's common knowledge, but we need someone to say it. He knows that um, fighting ribs are also known as bone blades or whatever. <laughs> is, is bone blades the spin-off of Beyblades? Yeah, it's uh, the prehistoric, it's the Flintstone era precursor. <laughs> but how did you make them spin? Well, you took your hand off and used that to spin instead. Yeah, and they famously said let it rip because they ripped their own hands off. Exactly, exactly. And then when the dragon comes out of it, they're like, oh, that's just a lot of blood. And the dragon's like, eh, it's a living. And they're like, wait, how's the blood talking? Oh, wait, it's a hallucination because I ripped my own hand uh, off. Because of those uh, mushrooms that I ate shortly <laughs> before this whole encounter. Why, a show would never do a, this whole fight for the last episode and a half was just a dream or hallucination. Never. No, let's talk about Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Here we go, baby. Nick. Yeah. Enter the dragon's dream. So I know this reference. Tell me. Enter the dragon. No, but okay. What, what do you mean? No, what? <laughs> that's, that's not what we're doing. What do you mean? We do music. Yeah, I know, but- And Enter... fashion lately. Yeah, but what if it's still a reference to Enter the Dragon? I mean, there's nothing to say it can't be, but it's also a reference to uh, the Arcady Shilkloper song, Dragon's Dream. Uh, Dragon's Dream, uh, Roger Dean's company, and possibly the musical Drake's Dream. Now, two out of three of those don't have any links on the JoJo wiki, so I'm I'm skeptical. <laughs> but it that could they be exist. it could be Enter the Dragon. I mean, look, Enter the Dragon makes sense because it's all about like feng shui, and there was a whole oh, thing. Spoilers. Oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. We're only in the next batch already. <laughs> Yeah, the next, the next and final batch of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean has released. And let me tell you. You heard it here last, folks. It's, it's pretty good. You don't from, know. Well, I mean, I don't know. You I don't know. I can't personally verify, but I can have an opinion. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Well, since you've raised it, Nick, let's talk about the uh, JoJo Vele commentary for the stand Dragon's Dream. <gasps> I swear, if this, if this has... I was watching dragon. a Bruce Lee movie and I thought, what if I did something like that, but not at all like <laughs> that? What if I took the concept of Bruce Lee fighting and turned it into a man who drinks his own piss and uses feng shui? It was my greatest moment. I want to double check the pronunciation of feng shui as well. I know it's Fung, but I don't know about Shui. 
I know that there's a good tabletop RPG called uh, Feng Shui, and they pronounce, definitely pronounce it like that, even if that's wrong, mm. because it's like about sort of... Those old school movies? Martial arts movies, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure there was a guy who was named Feng on uh, Are You The One? The incredibly <laughs> You mean if viral... you are the one? Yeah, if you are the one. The incredibly viral uh, Chinese dating show, which was, I think... 16 women judging one man i think it was like 50 no it wasn't 50 it was a large it was a large number there was like rapid elimination oh yeah to start it off it was like literally you see him and then it's like 20 of them say no it was a damn good show it was an incredible show i'd say it's a 10 out of 10 show feng shui oh fuck u.s pronunciation feng shui oh we're both racist feng shui oh no we're not Sorry, UK pronunciation, Feng Shui, US okay. pronunciation, Feng Shui. I notice neither of those are Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> so hang on. No matter which way we pronounce it, we're still maybe right, but also wrong. There's just no way to know. Feng Shui or Feng Shui. Oh, for fuck's sake. Feng Shui or Feng Shui. We can never be wrong. <laughs> Listen. There are just... Too many options. Get it? Too many? I don't. Because <laughs> it, it, there's two There's two ways of saying it. There's the US way and the UK way. Neither of which are Chinese. Um, but you say it that way. You do say it that way. It's yeah. true. What are we talking about? Oh yeah, the Jojo Valley commentary. Not Mandarin. Not Cantonese. Just Jojo's, baby. The stand is ultimately neutral. And always speaks the truth. Mm-hmm. Feng Shui was a big thing at the time I was writing this. You'd see it on TV and stuff. As for myself, I'm only superstitious at most. I don't believe in feng shui. What does that have to <laughs> fucking do with anything? That's what the stand's about. I know, but like, he doesn't explain. So you know how most of them are like, his appearance is reminiscent of this. Yeah. I watched what? a... Where does the dragon come in? No, that's feng shui stuff. That's like all about dragons moving around. Is it? Yeah. What? I thought it was just energy and just chill vibes. You know, put your put your trees over there because they're just they'll they'll help you feel. They'll, br- they'll bring you wealth. Yeah, and it's like the energy will not be blocked if you put a tree there because it's natural and it will move the energy around you and you'll be like, ooh, ooh yeah, aesthetic. I once heard someone reductively describe feng shui as how a dragon would move around the building, but I don't think that's true. <laughs> I mean, who knows at this point? Feng Shui, sometimes called Chinese geomancy, is an ancient Ooh. Chinese traditional practice which in- claims to use energy forces to harmonise individuals with their surrounding environment. The term Feng Shui means literally wind water, i.e. fluid. Mm. From ancient times, landscapes and bodies of water were thought to direct the universal flow, sorry, direct the flow of the universal qi, qi? Uh, yeah, qi. Not qi? Okay. No, never, well, maybe, I'm not sure. We just don't know. Impossible and to say. And we're not going to look at it, look it up. There's no way of being racist on this show. Certainly we didn't bother to look up how to pronounce various uh, Hebrew characters <laughs> when we were talking about Golemancy. <laughs> and I mean, that would have been far, far <laughs> worse. Uh, the universal uh, cosmic current or energy through places and structures. Because it has the same patterns as wind and water, a specialist who understands them can affect these flows to improve wealth, happiness, long life and family. On the other hand, the wrong flow brings bad results. You gotta have the right flow. More broadly, it includes astronomical, astrological, architectural, cosmological, geographical, and topographical dimensions. Topographical dimensions? Sure. Weird. Anyway, it's it's a thing. It sure is. It was all over the place in like the 90s, I think? Yeah, I remember it coming up in Australian sitcom Kath and Kim. Yeah, very briefly. <laughs> 
It had like a heyday and then kind of went away. And, All I know is that yeah. sitting or lying with your feet facing a, a door is known as the dead man's position. <laughs> so given that I lie down in my bed every night in front of a door, am I going to die? We're all going to die, Nick. Oh no. That's what Death Stranding taught us. Ah, uh, okay. The that only thing we can do is try to find meaning and connections before we go. Oh. And then pass that meaning on to the people who follow us. For as long as they do. For they too shall die. But that takes so much effort. Yeah. You see, when I went to the Iraq War, I became like a cliff. Wait, what? Where... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Unger, listen here, you little shit. That's just, that's just the plot of Death Stranding, I baby. I still, I cannot... Everyone has incredibly literal names and they all explain <sighs> them to you at great length. I just, I cannot get past Deadman's explanation of being like, you know why they call me Deadman? Because I'm a dead man. And you're like, please tell me that's not... Wh- why? And then he later tells you he was making it up. Wait, what do you mean he made it up? <laughs> He's what not you... Frankenstein's monster. What are you talking about? Then what is he? He's just a guy. Why is he called Deadman then? Gotta be called something. <laughs> Die Hardman was taken. That's true. Wait, why was he called Die Hardman? Because he died hard. Cliff saved him. Hmm, True. But he's still alive. Yes. Was it hard to die? It sure was. In the Iraq War. (laughs) Oh, Kojima. Historically, as well as in many places of contemporary Chinese society, Feng Shui was used to orient buildings and spiritually significant structures, such as tombs, as well as dwellings and other structures. One scholar writes that in contemporary Western societies, however, Feng Shui tends to be reduced to interior design for health and wealth. Hmm. As it has become increasingly visible through, quote, Feng Shui consultants and corporate architects who charge large sums of money for their analysis, advice and design. Capitalism subsumes all. Yup. Hey Liam. Yeah. Why are we talking about feng shui? Because that's what this episode and stand battle is all about, Nick. Not all about, but mostly about. But mostly. It's also about delicious piss. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, it's not delicious. It's therapeutic. That's why Giorno Giovanna was so long lived. Because he drank all that piss at the start of <laughs> part five. Have you ever heard of urine therapy? Yes, it's when someone pees in your teacup and you turn your tooth into a jellyfish to absorb it so you don't have to drink it. Mmm. What? That's Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, baby. That it is. I forgot he turned it into something so he didn't have to drink it. So we open the episode at last uh, and there is a very prolonged uh, Netflix previously on recap for our benefit in which every line of dialogue is like... There's the guy with the bone. Where's the bone? Do ah, I have to get the bone? My friend Dio's bone. I've sent assassins to retrieve the bone. Where's the bone, old man? Jolene's gone to the punishment ward to get the bone. Oh, I have to hurry. Otherwise, someone else will get the bone. Everyone's talking about the bone. Dio's bone. Dio's bone. His Dio's only bone, bone left. There's literally like 12 times where they say Dio's bone. Dio's bone. And maybe like 10 times they say the bone. The bone. Like... Surely when they were watching it, they're like, yeah, that'll do. I think they yeah, get the idea. You know, everyone just wants this fucking bone. I don't give a shit. I was like, is this what Hitchcock warns us about when he said, oh, the MacGuffin's a bad device because it just takes Is that a thing it. Hitchcock said? Yeah, because Hitchcock was like, I hate the MacGuffin as a literary device. I, I feel like MacGuffin is a more recent bit of terminology than no, Alfred no, no. Hitchcock. Yeah, Alfred Hitchcock was like, I don't like the MacGuffin as a literary device because the characters care about it a lot, but you, the audience, don't give a shit. So he'd, he'd never liked it as a, as a device. 
There you go. The term was originated by Angus McPhail for film and adopted by Alfred Hitchcock. Bam. So he hated it. He hated it because it was like, it's just lazy and bad writing. You can like make it if you want and it'll work, but the audience won't connect with it, man. And yet NickFilmSite.org tells us, the famed director Alfred Hitchcock often capitalized on a gimmicky plot element to catch the viewer's attention or serve as a distraction. Oh yeah. He still hated it. <laughs> I hate what I use. Listen, I'm a filmmaker. I understand my own constraints. Then why do you keep doing it? Ah, it's easy. You gotta get paid. Yeah, you know how it is. What was the MacGuffin in Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds? Uh, was it one of the birds? <laughs> sure. I gotta get the birds. Whose birds? Their birds. What was the MacGuffin in Alfred Hitchcock's Rebecca? Was it Rebecca? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I need to get Rebecca. Who's Rebecca? Rebecca! Director and producer Alfred Hitchcock popularised the term MacGuffin and the technique in his 1935 film The 39 Steps, an early example of the concept, in which the MacGuffin is some otherwise incidental military secrets. He explained the term in a 1939 lecture at Columbia University. Mm. It might be a Scottish name, taken from a story about two men on a train. <laughs> One man Hitchcock. says, What's that package up there in the baggage rack? And the other answers, oh, that's a MacGuffin. The first one asks, what's a MacGuffin? Well, the other man says, it's an apparatus for trapping lions in the Scottish Highlands. The first man says, but there are no lions in the Scottish... This is like an Araki author's note. <laughs> but there are no lions in the Scottish Highlands. And the other one answers, well then, that's no MacGuffin. So you see that a MacGuffin is actually nothing at all. Why is your Alfred Hitchcock the... Winston Churchill? Yeah, the caricature <laughs> of like... Richard Nixon's head from Futurama. Because I'm not good at voices. <laughs> I'm Alfred Hitchcock. I am not a crook. <laughs> I don't like MacGuffins. Hitchcock also said, the MacGuffin is the thing that the spies are after, but the audience doesn't care. Yeah, 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 yeah. George Lucas, on the other hand, said, the audience should care about it almost as much as the dueling heroes and villains on screen. Describing R2-D2 as the MacGuffin of the original Star Wars film. Oh. Oh. I'm just going to Google for my own edification. This is the podcast now, by the way. This, I'm just going to Google it. for my own edification, Jar Jar Binks MacGuffin, and see what I turn up. <laughs> what was Jar Jar Binks MacGuffin? Was it the knowledge that the droids are coming to destroy the Gungan state empire? Was it, was it an empire? The Gungans? Sorry, I wasn't listening. What were you saying? The, the, the Gungan state, was it an empire? It was a city. And that was it? it Gungan was just... city. I guess it was a city state like Athens. Or the Vatican. The Vatican? Yeah. With, uh, with big Pope boy... Nass. Yeah, with Boss Nass at the very top being like... Jesus! And that was it? Have you... Have you heard Sather good news, sir? And that's it. Oh, Brian, blessed, you sweet, innocent... I was about to Armage say toy best. truck, but you sweet, innocent toy truck. So, anyway, we open the very that. start of this episode <laughs> opens with Jolene looking around and realising she's beaten up the hated guard Westwood. But then all the other prisoners have stopped fighting too. They're lying on the ground, bloated in their own liquids. And she's like, why is everyone bloated in their own liquids? In fact, one guy with purple glasses on looms up behind her threateningly, then immediately collapses in his own pile of bloat. And she's like, what? That's strange. What happened here? This man is abnormally bloated. Yes, he should go see a doctor. But wait, there are no doctors here. In the punishment ward. Then how are they bloated? Two 
non-bloated dudes <laughs> walk up to them. It is the purple besuited old man. With red necklace bone things. Yep. And the guy kind of dressed like a gladiator. So he's got like a centurion hat? Or one of those um, pickle halbs. Pickle One hal- of those World War Two, World War One German pointy yeah, helmets. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's just holding his hand... Near his sash belt. He's like, I've got a small tummy ache. (laughs) He's holding his tummy. I don't want to feel abnormally bloated. And they are both radiating ominous katakana. They approach and then the taller one, the the pointed helmet guy, immediately recedes into the shadows and is never seen again. (laughs) Jolene's like, what the fuck's with this guy? But the old man approaches... And is like... In the greatest line of dialogue. So he walks forward and he's kind of leaving after images. Because there's something up with this guy's movement. More on that later. He's doing something weird. Mm, He's walking in a strange way. He's walking very well. And he walks up and he starts like bending his hand all the way back. Oh, so much hypertension. Speak on that. Isn't hypertension where you can do like really flexible things? I couldn't tell you. Like you can bend your wrist all the way back. Which he is doing. Or you can like... Bend your, like, pinky all the way back and stuff like that. Like a contortionist. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like, you can just do that, but it just comes. He could just be breaking his own wrist. And reassembling the bones inside. Mm. Well, lest we remember. That's right. Lest we remember. Lest we remember. Okay, yeah, okay, yep. And then I forgot what I'm going to say. He does need a particularly flexible wrist to do the things he does in this episode. Does he? To cram a lamb at down people's throats and hit their vertebrae. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He's like, you've got such a versatile stand with its thread powers and it's so impossible to predict its moves. And even now, despite the damage to your body, I can ex- I can sense you've leveled up since the last battle. Mm. Anyway, White Snake sent me and four stand users, uh, of which I am one, to this place. I thought it was too many, but now that I can see that you're hardcore... I do enjoy... And he's doing big stretchies. Yeah, I do enjoy that he really just lets loose with being like, you know, Pale Snake just brought us down here. Hmm? White Snake. White Snake (laughs) just brought us down here, you know, there's four of us. I thought we need more. And Jolene's like, okay. And then he's like, I am Kenzo, 78 years old. The secret to my longevity is eight and a half hours sleep a day. Oh yeah, that's pretty normal. And my daily urine therapy. Say fucking what? Just one cup every morning. Get the fuck what? The important thing is to keep the habit going. What? Have, have I... you heard of urine therapy? Nope. No, I have not. Do not want it. And that's just the way this guy introduces himself. <laughs> so, so this dude drinks his own piss every day. Every day. One cup. <laughs> One whole He's cup. He's clearly no hobbit, or he'd be saying, but what about second cup of <laughs> urine? <laughs> I just love, he's like, the hardest part is just keeping the habit up. I'm like, yeah. What? Because it's repellent. <laughs> I just love that later, like, when uh, when Anasui shows up and all that, he's just like, yeah, that dude's cooked. He, he drinks his own piss. He just, he's an old man who drinks his own piss. Yeah. Like, that's fucked. <laughs> that's just like, it's such an incidental line of dialogue. He just shows up, like, bringing the perspective from the male wing of the prison. Oh, he's just like this fucked up old man. Like, he's a weirdo, okay? Just don't listen to him. Urine therapy? No, he just drinks his own piss. I don't get it. Jolene's response is, uh, this is an iconic moment from the manga where he, she, 
says, if you want to fight, I won't back down. And then she works her way through uh, various nations' ways of flipping someone off. So there's American, which is just two middle fingers. Yep. French, uh, which is you kind of... This is this you, is you probably like... this is potentially bad audio. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> she, she puts one hand under her chin and then another uh, cocked down under her chest. Under As her if chest. to look down on you from afar. Japanese style. I know this one. You pull down your eye with your uh, index finger. And you put your other hand that under your chin? That might just be her being a bit extra, though. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, and then finally, Italian, specifically Naples style. Which, again, is hand under the eye. That's probably an evil eye sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other hand is, like, a demon claw? I just love so much, like, we're getting so specific to Naples. Very specifically Naples. Yeah. Which, of course, is where JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5 Vento Oreo began. How interesting it that is. Araki would reference Naples after writing an entire part. You might remember, Naples. Nick, uh, long ago when we were finishing part five, I told you that there's a point in Stone Ocean where it would make absolute sense for Jorno to appear, but he doesn't. Yeah. And I watched that part yesterday and I was like, why isn't he here? <laughs> why isn't he at least in the background of a shot? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Curious. I miss Jorno. <laughs> no, you miss... The wild antics of Giorno. Giorno himself is nothing. Like, Giorno would be able to make mincemeat of this little freak. He'd be like, ah, I turned your piss into venomous cockroaches. (laughs) Yeah, but then he wouldn't drink the cockroaches. Too late. Yeah, he'd just be like, ah. But how- Actually, no, he'd probably have a mental breakdown that he can't drink. Yeah, then he'd immediately die of old age, like at the end from Metal Gear Solid. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, if Jolene just saved her game, then waited a week, she'd win this fight. (laughs) So ridiculous. And that's the the opening. (laughs) That's it. We cut back to Kenzo. Oh, we should talk about Kenzo's name briefly as we have uh, jumped ahead and done our Jojo Valley commentaries, etc. So Kenzo sounds like Kentaro, but it can't be Kentaro. Even though he has a very similar sort of... I mean, it sounds like it in that it has the same first syllable. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like if they had nicknames... Astute observation, Nicholas. Yeah, if, if they had nicknames, they'd both if be If they Ken. had Australian nicknames, they'd both be Kenzo. Hey, mate, adds the bloody fung fucking shui, mate. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Kenzo is a, uh, a French luxury fashion house founded in 1970 by Japanese designer Kenzo Takada. Oh. Wait, why is it Ken Izo? It's not. Oh, never mind, it's not. I take it back. Nick saw a stylized logo and misread it. Hey, look, look, we've all been there, okay? Kenzo Takata was born in Japan and moved to Paris in 1964 to start his fashion career. He became known for using Asian and Japanese-influenced style with the construction of European fashion. Mm. He startled a... Jungle Jap Boutique located at Galerie Vivienne and decorated in jungle-inspired clothing. Jungle Jap. Jungle Jap. That was the first level of Donkey Kong 64, I if I remember correctly. I was literally about to be like, is that like a DK64 <laughs> like bongo drum game? The band became Kenzo after a fashion show in New York 1976 as the American market considered Jungle Jap too pejorative. Mm. Mm. What does that say? I mean, I guess as a Japanese person, it's his prerogative, but... At the same time... <laughs> mm. uh, later years, 1999 to 2003, designed women and men's lines respectively with Gilles Rosier and Roy Kreshberg. Ooh, Kreshberg. I love his, uh, I love his movies, Kreshberg. Like you see, f- I was using the MacGuffin in my uh, fashion lines and I thought that 
What if there was a bit of the clothing that would help you win? What? <laughs> I'm Hirohiko Araki, and this is my monk. Jojo's I'm... Bizarre Adventure Battle Tendency, where there's a bit of the clothing that helps you win most of the time. Uh, anyway, get back to Kretschberg and his film Videodrome. Okay, some uh, oh, no, roles in popular culture of right. Kenzo clothing. Here we go. Where's the malfaction? The character Kenzo Harper in the BBC sitcom My Family is named after the fashion brand. Uh, there's a large cast, large rotating cast of that show over the season. If I remember correctly, Kenzo was a weird lodger who lived with them for a while. Okay. Tall and possibly Welsh, maybe. Hmm. You watch that show My Family? No. It's got, um... Uh, what's his name? Uh, John Zoe Cleese. Wanamaker is the uh, mother of the family. She voiced the uh, seer in Fable 2 and 3. Nope, I got nothing. Um, the character's name is Ben Harper. Who's he played by? Someone you might know. Um, uh, the guy who played the, um, the wedding planner slash evil wizard in season 2 of Gallivant. Nope, I got nothing. Robert Lindsay. Ooh, maybe I but do Lindsay know. Stevenson, sorry. Maybe I do know him. I don't think I do, but maybe I do. You might have seen him in Hornblower. Nope. We are really off the reservation today. <laughs> Look, it's a tough time here in the JoJo's office. We have to talk about... It's true. Shui. There's more JoJo than we've had access to for a while, and we are spoilt by our riches. <laughs> anyway, he's a guy. Yeah. Jericho? You have watched Jericho? Nope. Okay. This is like trying to explain to a friend. It's like, so what is JoJo's about? And you're like, no, no, no. You'll recognize like, like th there's this guy and he does this thing. Like, th no, I don't know that. You're like, okay, okay. But what about this thing? Like, I, I don't know what that is. I got to keep going. In 2012, designers Humberto Leon and Carol Lim unveiled a knitted sweater with a tiger graphic on it for the fall collection. Leon wanted to make it a sweatshirt version of the sweater for him to wear. Despite initial resistance from Kenzo's design team, the Tiger sweatshirts became extremely popular. Uh, since 2011, the Tiger shirt and clothing designed by Leon and Lim has been worn by celebrities including Jay-Z, Kevin Hart, Beyonce, Zoe Deschanel, what? Swizz Beats, oh my God, what? Selena Gomez, oh my God. Spike Jonze, what? Joan Smalls, what? Lord, Get out of here. Northern Sound, oh my God. and Rihanna. Citation needed. Oh, okay, all right. Collaborated with David Lynch. What? Hang on, who mixed the soundtrack for a fashion show and provided a large sculpture? Was the soundtrack just? I really like that mellowed Twin Peaks theme. You know, it's like that synthy uh, vibe, and then like some occasional, some occasional piano, uh, occasional bass. I was gonna say. Oh, which one is that? I just remember the piano. It's like the opening credits. Occasional bass. I thought that was piano. I think it's bass. Is this good audio? So this JoJo's podcast, we've talked about Feng Shui, and now we're talking about Twin Peaks. Okay, anything controversial about this fashion brand? I hope so. Wait, no, I don't. Wait, I take it. No, no, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I hope there is. I hope something bad has happened in the past. Sure, why not? It's only made us stronger. Collaborate okay, with any this is from Nazis? the page of Kenzo Takata. Mm-hmm. Does he look cool, at least? He does. He looks like Emmett Selk from Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> He also looks like a politician. Hmm. Subheading on Wikipedia page, retirement from and subsequent activity in fashion industry. Hmm. Retired in 1999 to pursue a career in art, still kept making clothing, tableware, home objects. Hmm. 
Takata was made a Knight of the Legion of Honor in June 2016. That can't be a real thing. The Legion of Honor. The Legion so of superheroes? Honor. Superheroes? The highest French order of merit, both military and civil, established by Napoleon Bonaparte. What? Okay. Good for him. I guess. It's a strange thing is as a fashion designer to be put into. He but... died from COVID-19. No! He was 81 years old. Ah, uh, okay. That's that's an, that's an okay age. Well, Kenzo Takada, you seem to have survived our uh, gauntlet of scrutiny. But we've got our eye on you. You dead son of a you bitch. You fucking Assian. <laughs> this is getting edited out so hard. Uh, that's a, that's a wizard from Final Fantasy XIV, to be clear. I wasn't calling him something bad. <laughs> Most of our derogatory terms seem to stem from or around Final Fantasy XIV these days. So that's who we're fighting. <laughs> Kenzo. Kenzo, yes. Kenzo. In the, who, like, fifth camera shot of the episode. Who, 36 in, minutes in. <laughs> who, in JoJo's, drinks his own piss. Daily. But outside JoJo's, died from COVID-19. That we know of. Ooh. I will start by telling you the conclusion, says Kenzo. These prisoners drowned to death. That sounds like how, like, so famously we talk in my, on my now. We got through two lines of dialogue. <laughs> um, we're already distracted. And this is important. Yeah. Okay, all right. On my now defunct other podcast, Mystery Twins Detective Agency, yep. we would talk about the accusation parlor a lot. You know, okay. the part of the murder mystery where they gather all the suspects into one room mm-hmm. and then reveal what happened. Yep. You know, your Poirots, your uh, your mo- Sherlock Holmes. Your Moider on your the Orient Express. Deaths in Paradise. Yeah, you're straight, uh, not strange things, uh, uh, Knives Out. Knives Out. The yeah. Glass Onion. Not in cinemas anymore, but now on Netflix. Ah, good. It was good. I would recommend that movie. Um, but yes. I dare you. So, uh... Yes. It's like that's how you would start one of those scenes, right? I've seen I'll a man start is by dead. telling you the conclusion. He drowned to death in a dry room. But how did that happen? You see, you, Mrs. McCubbins, you were the cleaner that day and you found the puddle. But did you put it there? No, because it was your piss. You were drinking it. <laughs> yes, you see, no one killed him. He drank his own piss and died <laughs> from kidney poisoning. No, you're the one drinking your own piss, detective. Mm, quite right. See <laughs> <laughs> Who put him in charge? I'm Benoit Blanc, piss detective. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I recommend the Knives Out series of movies. <laughs> they are pretty good. I haven't seen the second one, but I'd say it's pretty good. I would recommend it, Nick. I think you would enjoy it. I think I'd enjoy it. I also think anyone using Twitter in 2022 would get a kick out of particular subplots. Interesting. I see. I see. So pissed. So yeah, these guys all drowned them. I drowned them and their bodies are bloated. And then he's like, it seems I won't be facing you just yet, he says after realising something. Then he nudges a bloated body next to him. And who should pop out of the bloated body? Well, that's not quite what happens. Oh. There is like a sudden weird flurry of movement, but I think what happens is currently Foo Fighters is leaping in from above. Oh. Not concealed perfectly under a two dimen- in a two-dimensional space under a bloated body. I thought, I I think, thought Foo Fighters would be But it's not inside, entirely but... clear. Yeah. Uh, but she is in the air, somersaulting in place, and <laughs> fires a volley of shots at him that he effortlessly dodges because the body he nudges shoops up and blocks them all. Mm, a, lu- a very lucky body. He knew I was sneaking up on him from the bloated bodies. Ugh. But I'm Foo Fighters and I'm in a cool pose. I've got my finger guns. And Jolene's in the back being like, what the Foo fuck? Fighters? What are you doing here? 
And she's like, I arrived in a nick of time. How did you get in here? And she says, looks like you're in some deep shit. I'll fill up your wounds in a second. I'm fighting now. And then there is more menace than either of the two villains who showed up in this episode got. More red menacing katakana <laughs> as Anasui slowly walks up the stairs on the other side of the room. Oh. And Jolene's like, who's that again? Oh yeah, he was in the room with Emporio that time. But what's his name? That mm. beautiful rich man's name. I'll take care of this geezer, says Food Fighters. And Jolene's like, what? What's she doing? I just think of that episode of The Simpsons where it's like a Ken Brockman bit where it's like, following up our recent story, geezers in freezers. Our <laughs> news station would like to apologise for overuse of the term geezer. Anyway, get a load of this geezer. <laughs> Beautiful. He holds out his hand flat and a little like compass that looks like the dragon from Dragon Ball Z is oh, there. Oh, the one that you summon from the Dragon Balls? The, the titular dragon. Nice. It's this like... one has no balls. It's got kind of a disc. <laughs> wow. Am I wrong? Wow. Am I wrong, Nick? Wow, way to, way to bring the dragon down a notch, Liam. <laughs> so, yeah, he's like on this weird... It's important thing. to get your dragons spayed and neutered. Otherwise, <laughs> they reproduce out of control and you get feral dragons yeah. killing local wildlife. There used to be seven Dragon Balls. Then there's nine. Now there's 11. It, just gets, it gets too much, you mm -hmm. know? I think. Maybe there's still only seven. Well, if we really want to get into the deep weeds of the Dragon Ball lore, you which see, I do. there are the seven red star Dragon Balls on Earth, uh -huh. which are around the size of, say, a baseball. So the size of Krillin. Then, the, <laughs> following the events of the Saiyan saga, mm -hmm. when several of Goku's allies, uh, colloquially known at least in the dub as the Z Fighters, yep. uh, including Piccolo, former enemy, now ally, yep. technically Piccolo Jr., Died. Oh, because he, he rebirthed. Yeah. Yeah. Die. Yeah. And because of Piccolo's lifelink to the god of Earth, Kami, also a Namekian. Mm -hmm. Yep, I'm with you. I'm with you. Because they kind of, in the Dragon Ball to Z transition, replaced all of the mythology stuff with aliens. Yep, yep. Uh, all the Dragon Balls disappeared because they made them. So they had to go to planet Namek to get the Namekian Dragon Balls to use the Namekian dragon. To bring people back to life. Right. So there were 14 Dragon Balls. Okay, I'm with you. And then if we get into the now largely disregarded spin-off Dragon Ball GT, mm -hmm. or Grand Tour. <laughs> Where Goku becomes an F1 racer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> there were the Black Star Dragon Balls, which were also on Earth for some reason. Mm -hmm. And if you use them, the planet will be destroyed in a year, and also they scatter over the universe instead of the planet. Ah... Of course. Anyway, that's basically everything I know about Dragon Balls. But what about Broly? I don't really know. Why? Well, if I the remember Broly. right, a lot of people didn't like Broly, and then they sort of came around to him in the new version of Broly. But I don't know why. I think it was just a dick. At Milk Juice with your information on Broly. I beg you, please send me Broly information. Do not at JoJo's podcast. <laughs> you do realize you're gonna get a billion things. Oh, yeah. being like, uh, you see, the thing about Broly is. <laughs> As compared to Goku's other recurring nemesis, Cell, Frieza, and, I don't know, uh, Margin Boo. Yeah. What about the androids? Ah, oh, the androids. Android 18 can get it. Oh, man. Or so Krillin believes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, fully functional. He holds this little dragon radar, not the same dragon radar from Dragon Ball. No, no. But his own little dragon compass. Yep. In his hand. And he says, and I quote, 
Southeast, 127 degrees, 30 minutes and 20 seconds. And Foo Fighters is walking and he's watching Foo Fighters and he says, their sweat. Hmm. Will they open their mouth? Do I just want to drink their sweat? Hmm. <laughs> Do I want a piece of that non-piss fluid? Foo Fighters fires a volley of shots at him and once again they all swim effortlessly past his face. And Foo Fighters is like, how the fuck did he dodge those bullets? Do you want to drown? And Foo Fighters is like, I love drowning. I'm Plankton. So he immediately jumps in on Foo Fighters. Cramalams his hand in her throat. <gasps> Looks great. Mm -hmm. And then water just bloops out. And then he exposits. And you know, based on the amount of exposition, how dangerous something is. And this man, based on the amount of exposition he's had, must be our most dangerous foe to date. This episode is mostly exposition. exposition. It is like so much information. <laughs> I was At the end of the episode, I was like, that is the most elaborate like, shit. In all anime, there is people standing around while their powers are explained. But in this episode, like he really should get out a folding chair. And yeah. be like, I'm just going to sit here until you're done speculating about feng shui. You see, the time it takes for humans to drown in water is between five to seven minutes for those who have been trained. But that's only if there's air left in the lungs. <gasps> but if the air is sucked out from both lungs, humans drown to death instantly with a mere few drops of water. Probably because there's no air in the lungs. I directly struck your fourth cervical vertebrae by going, but going through your throat. It contains nerves connected to your kidneys. It produces bodily fluids that lubricate the respiratory system. Mm -hmm. Yep. So by overstimulating those, yep. I can drown you instantly. Ah, what? And Foo Fighters is depicted being like, I can't breathe in the Hokusai wave. <laughs> <laughs> right? That is literally what it is. Because <laughs> Foo Fighters is in... It's because Foo Fighters is inside Atro. She's like, I am restricted by the living conditions of this dead body that I'm in. Yeah. Which is yet to rigor mortis or anything. Yeah, well, it's, it's full of life-giving plankton. That's true. Everyone loves a good plankton. She's drowning, but, like, there's a few good things in this episode. Foo Fighters using the fact that she's not a human body to survive what would otherwise be lethal assaults. Hmm. Uh, Guy runs at Jolene, like, I killed that person, now time to deal with you. But then this little dragon compass... Uh, Shows up. Yep. As Foo Fighters fires off another few volleys because she has... Taking advantage of the fact that she is not a living human to puncture her own throat with her finger to let out the excess water. And uh, this Kenzo is just like, what? Again, effortlessly reorients himself and dodges these bullets. But in his counterattack, he jumps and kicks at Foo Fighters, who uses the fact that she's not human to like squeeze through the iron bars behind her in a way a person shouldn't be able to. Yeah, because she's all plankton. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, what are you? And she's like, I'm Foo Fighters. <laughs> then Anasui is next to Jolene being like, don't stand up, just watch. What is this voice? That's Anasui being a big creeper. Hey, Jolene, I'm here. Just, I love you. <laughs> Let's watch the fight. The problem here isn't what drowned those prisoners, but how we dodged every bullet. Bet you didn't think about that, did you? And Jolene's like, who the fuck are you? You're Anasui, right? And then he says, I love you. And then we get a great typical like comedy yeah, so, anime bit. Quote, I love you. I couldn't wait to be here with you. Then a reverse shot to her, just like unresponsive on a purple dotted background. Then the background turns pink and she like cocks her head. It's like, what? You, you say what? Huh? And the scene goes on. <laughs> and that's going to be their dynamic for pretty much the rest of the story. Okay, all right. Just like, I love you, Jolene. You're oh, sorry. I wasn't listening. You're the greatest creature I've ever seen. Tell me. How do you be? Well, we know Jolene loves a bad boy from 
her whole deal getting in prison. Oh yeah, and Anasui is a neutral being. Mm, is he? With with literally nothing he to his a name. Multiple murderer. Oh yeah, I guess, but that's not. He bad loves point. taking things apart. Like you, Jolene. I want to deconstruct our love. I want to deconstruct our problems and reform our The fucking problem with like living with Anasui is whenever he gives you a meal, it's always like, this is a deconstructed hamburger. It's just like a pile of salad. <laughs> and you're like, where's the meat? Oh, I killed it. What, what do you mean you killed the meat? I deconstructed it into its atomic structure. Now it's just a miss. <laughs> Here, inhale the burger, Jolene. <laughs> Anasui, I don't like where this is going. You don't have to like it. It's fucking raw! <laughs> yeah, I deconstructed the heat. <laughs> Here, feel my hand. It's real warm now. Anasui getting kicked off kitchen nightmares or whatever because he can't just fucking make a normal meal for once. As he leaves, he deconstructs Gordon Ramsay into his constituent components. Shit, I'd watch that. I wouldn't. Just every episode is a new person gets deconstructed. Anasui says the iconic line... That old man has been incarcerated here for 40 years. He's an idiot who drinks his own piss. Iconic. I thought I hadn't seen him in the mail wing for a while. Who would have guessed he was here? Now he's got a stand. And then we expose it. It was 1969, I believe. Oh God, here we go. Uh, basically, this guy is like a mix of... Um, cult leader. No, 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 I'm pulling specific cult leaders. Oh, <laughs> Marilyn uh, Manson? Yeah, Marilyn Manson. No, not Marilyn Manson. <laughs> you fucking... Charles, Charles Manson. Manson. Yep. And like Jonestown. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, he was an influential Hollywood cult leader and also... Tried to get everyone to kill themselves. Yeah. So, so the idea is that he got 34 people into a house... And Drugged he... them and set the house on fire. But unfortunate for him, he got trapped in the house. Or fortunate for him. He oh, survived. Because he, he was in the one spot where the rubble fire. collapsed on him, protecting him from the flames and smoke. Hmm. Doesn't explain why he drinks his own piss, but... Well, that's to, for his, that's to keep him alive. The secret to his longevity. His sentence is 280 years. Only 240-ish to go. Thankfully, he'll live those out. Thanks to sweet, sweet piss. <laughs> that sweet piss. urine therapy. It's what I'm drinking. Today's Jojo World is sponsored by piss. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say what I'm drinking. What's the um, like <laughs> podcast ad read for urine therapy? Hmm. Are you stressed? Do you feel like the seven signs of aging are impinging on your ability to enjoy yourself? Well, are you struggling to get eight and a half hours sleep every night? With piss, you'll be out like a light every night and those stress lines will just melt away. Why, they sent us a free sample of piss to use in the podcast and since I started using it, why, well, I haven't been able to drink anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Use coupon code JoJo's Pisscast. <laughs> Just the, like, the concept of like one sip and you won't want anything else ever again. Ever. <laughs> like the pre-proportioned -pro -pre uh, packs <laughs> once a day. Hello Fresh. Let's go. The HelloFresh code. And there's code. nothing fresher than Look, your own piss. If you go on to HelloFresh.com right now with the code PISS22, you'll get a free year's worth of piss. We don't really ask where it came from. We don't even know if it's human. But what we do know is no, that it's No, Nick, great. they've got a human-only guarantee. <laughs> For and by. <laughs> Not like other piss merchants that might give you orangutan or... Arachnid? <laughs> yeah. We're certified by the United States Florida Piss Council to have no fluoride in our piss. <laughs> Just 
Are you sick and tired of low-grade piss coming to your door every week? Why don't you try JoJo certified piss? Now, a serious moment. Yeah. The people of Flint, Michigan have had lead in their oh, piss God. since oh, 2010. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fucking yikes. Topical and disgusting. The perfect combination of Joe. Oh, that has to already exist. It has to. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> Just someone somewhere is like, hey guys, I'm starting subscription service. So, okay, we've got a, we've, I'm just scrolling through that whole bit we exposited about yeah. before we got sidetracked. But there's this line of dialogue that sent Nick into hysterics when we were watching. Oh, yes! So he's explaining how the guy survived the fire because he was under the rubble, barely alive when he was rescued. There's no doubt he intended to die. What am I trying to say? And I literally said, what are you trying to say? <laughs> and he, and Anasui says, what am I trying to say? Who knows? I can't say for myself. Either way, Kenzo survived. <laughs> that's. I think that's what he's trying to get at. It's just that, yeah, he, he was a guy. Finally, a su successor to Why Am I Doing This from part two as just the most pointless line of dialogue. Why am I talking? I don't know. Impossible to say. I think that's what I'm trying to get Even at. Even I couldn't tell you. Just like... Like, why? <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, Kenzo and Foo Fighters talk about how they can see each other's strongest and weakest points because of Survivor, which is still juicing them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this point, Kenzo's like, so you're not human because there's something else in your veins. But I can still kill you like a human. Yeah. So I will. You're trapped in that body, just like any other human. He brings out his dragon compass. And it's like, you know, does the, does the directions again. Mm -hmm. And they all question what his stand and his weird footwork could mean. Because he moves into a particular position for a particular approach. Ooh. And he's like, let's see the direction of your dragon. And then Foo Fighters notices flying behind her is like another bigger version of that dragon compass. And uh, I think, and it's got a little orb around it. I think half this episode is Jolie Miller. Foo Fighters, look the fuck out! Yeah, Foo Fighters immediately fires like six shots into the dragon, and it's like, "Hey, don't do that! I'm neutral." In a very chill voice. Yeah, it's useless. So, so stop attacking me. And then she shoots it again, and it's like, "Hey, I said stop that." <laughs> look, I'm telling you, there's no point. All right, I'm just chilling here. I'm neutral. Your attacks will only pass through me. And he's like, "Yeah, I, it, it, I like this dragon." It's got a good attitude. He's, he's like, he I fucking vibe. hate my stand user. He's a loser, but I am neutral. So I'm not going to tell you everything. Watch out. The, the geezer is attacking you from behind. He's the guy they you use the phrase, um, I, hearing the, I was hearing the words GG in um, Japanese, uh. which is like old man or geezer. It's how um, Jotaro referred to Joseph in part three. I remember very lovingly. He's like, old man, come on, let's go. Yeah. In that beautiful tone of voice. <laughs> Uh, and they speculate that the dragon is somehow allowing Kenzo to dodge Foo Fighters' bullets. He runs and like they do like real body punches, which is a rarity mm. in JoJo these days. Yep. And he's in the air, palming, palming her punches. Oh. And then he uses them to spring double jump, essentially, uh, into the orb surrounding the dragon. His arm comes off and goes into its mouth. And then he's like, ah, I've entered the dragon starring Bruce Lee. <gasps> I knew it. I knew that was the reference. You mocked me. His Notice. arm comes off and leaves like a swirly, delicious void where it used to be. But what could it mean? Uh, and then his arm flies around and hits Foo Fighters in the back of the head. Well, not quite the back of the head because I think Foo Fighters blocks. Yeah, she blocks it. But still like takes a superficial blow. Yeah. But that wasn't the real intent. The arm goes back onto his body. But there was a blood splatter from that. And then like serious Rube Goldberg... <laughs> Stuff happens because the blood attracts rats, which run up the wall, including the switchboard that control the doors of all the cells. 
and there was the bloated glasses guy from earlier was lying in Mm -hmm. the doorway. And when the pressure of the door crushing him hit him, his glasses flew off and pierced Foo Fighter's face. Ah, ah. Cause and effect. The motion of energy. Fate. Feng Feng Shui. Or as we call it, Feng Feng Shui. (laughs) We almost landed that. We, We got there, but not in the way that I expected. That hurts her, but... She deals with it. Yeah, she's fine. She's all good. Another good little sequence of them fighting each other, like uh, Foo Fighters being impressively acrobatic, doing cool flips, but Mm -hmm. nothing of consequence happens. And uh, the whole time that this is happening, everyone's giving some more exposition about other things. Well, Anasui's like, I understand. He's using Feng Shui. That's the logical deduction here. Yeah, he's like, there's energy that passes through the mountains and the trees. His footsteps point to cardinal directions to indicate it, and he approaches from particular directions to strengthen his attacks and his defences. So it's all about luck, basically. Where it's like, if he goes goes that way, then it's going to work in his favour no matter what. Yeah, we get a quick exposition around the history of Feng Shui. It's a lot to take in. Yep. Not only that. But Feng Shui's philosophy is even applied to human anatomy. <gasps> There's such a thing as assassination Feng Shui. Oh my god. To think he's mastered assassination Feng Shui while in prison. All while drinking his own piss every day. Right, that's what unlocked the 10% of his brain <laughs> that made him limitless enough to learn it. Bradley Cooper comes down from like the guards quarters like, Hey, is this what those pills are made out of? <laughs> and they're like, FF, don't let him... G- Touch the dragon. It's your assassination feng shui weak point, which is behind your ear. Ah. That comes up once. Yeah. Literally comes up once for, for the For whole... now. <gasps> oh. So there's a quick exchange, which I like, which doesn't in- directly tie into the feng shui stuff, but it is like still establishing this guy as a credible threat. Mm-hmm. Where, what was it? Uh, he does an attack that is also a defense. What was it? Um... It's like when he's being defensive, his stance is also an attack. So, like, when he's blocking, it's also an attack. Yeah, because he's approaching from the direction that protects him, but makes her vulnerable. Yeah. He can attack, but be defended at the same time. Yeah. It's like, he's got such fortune, you know? He's such so, fortune. My so fortune is yours from the taking. You'll have to find it first. In I left one... everything I... No, don't, don't peep me. You know where I'm going. Oh, I know where you're <laughs> the going. The listeners know where I'm going. In one piss. But we know it's not one because he drinks it every day. <laughs> Oh, it would have to be daily piss, Liam. Daily piss. So she goes to do a counter chop, but can't reach because he struck her throat. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and so he goes, his defensive stance is also an attack. He must be employing the principles of Tai Chi. Tai Chi. And ah, your mouth is open. Time to kill you. But then she bites his hand, which is also a defense and an attack. Oh. How ironic. It goes both ways, mm. motherfucker. And I'm surprised no one thought to do that earlier when he... Put his whole ass hand in there, man. <laughs> I guess it's, he's fast. Yeah. And she, oh well, Foo Fighters now knows that it's coming. Yeah. yeah. But at, as they are disentangling from each other, Foo Fighters' own hand overlaps with the, the dragon zone. The dragon zone. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And comes out and be- becomes the instrument of her own undoing. Nick, do you remember what the complex chain of events here was? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. There was a lot... Look, there was so much going on in this episode. The dragon is like, I'm neutral, but if I were you, I'd try and reduce the damage you're about to take to a minimum. The hand doesn't really come into it much, because what happens is... So I remember... Some flies buzzing over one of the nearby bodies. Yeah, and then they go up to the ceiling. Yep, drawn to the fresh air of the skylight, I suppose. And then a bird comes down to eat the flies? Yep. 
Perhaps she'll die. And then gets caught up in the fan if, that's yeah. slightly dislodged from the meteors. Yep. And Remember them. They think that the fan is maybe going to fall on Foo Fighters, but no, part of the um, support structure falls off. And because of, I guess, the... Uh, Raw momentum. Of the fan. It, it just falls it down. Spins and spins around spinning. the room. And the dragon is like, it's not the fan. It's the boomerang. And this piece of metal, like, shears off the top fifth of Foo Fighters' head. Like a um, old-timey shitty top hat that a hobo would wear. <laughs> On, uh, oh, what's that street name? Um, the street where, where Jojo fought Spinwagon. Oh, Ogre Street. Yeah, yeah. On, an Ogre Street where he might spin it and then it would fly around a bit, intimidatingly. Yeah, um... <laughs> Speedwagon inherited that hat from a guy who accidentally put it on Inside Out and that happened to him. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Mission Impossible hat. You know that bit from Mission Impossible? Where the dude's like got an earpiece and then he's like, you're already dead. And then the earpiece penetrates into the brain. I don't. Oh, okay. All right. Never mind. But it's also like an odd job hat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Anyway. Top of Foo Fighter's head. Cut off. Is she dead? To be continued. What? And you and I both went... Yeah, but she's plankton. Yeah. So she's probably fine. She's probably fine. But what if she's not? <gasps> oh my god, she's never taken such a huge blow before in plankton form. Hasn't she? <laughs> I don't know, I can't remember. She's taken some gunshot wounds, I think. Yeah, and she got beat up by Jolene. That's true. That is true. So, Nick. Yes. What are our highlights and lowlights in this episode? Mm. My highlight, and this may shock you, is the absolute turnaround from... Ah, yes. It's me, Kenzo. I have a long life... From eight and a half hours of sleep every day. And I drink my own piss every day. Have you heard of urine therapy? Just the turnaround of like... That's okay. so Jojo. It's so fucking Jojo. Like, there's so much in this episode that just works off... I drink my own piss. I'm going to kill you. Like, oh, I hate that he drinks his own piss. That, that makes him a real credible threat. <laughs> like, you know, if he does that to himself... There's a scene in something starring like... There might be like burn notice or something where Bruce Campbell is being interrogated by someone as like a one-off thing. And they're discussing interrogation of like, if they're like in interrogation about asking questions, right? It's about making them think, hey, how crazy is this guy? And literally like a dude like cuts open a bit of his hand and he's like, the question is, if he's willing to that. do that to himself, what's he going to do to me? If he's willing to drink his own piss, what the hell what is he going to make me? Yeah. What's he going to drink in my mouth? Like, what? What's it? Uh. And my highlight is the bit where Foo Fighters squeezes through the bars. Because it's like, oh yeah, they're not human. Where they're just like, Bleh. Yeah. Oh, it's good. My low light is the boomerang. Just not... It's not really related to the arm at all, is it? Well, it's more like all the things that happened before that. If the fan fell, I'd be like, okay, fan's falling. And then it could be a to be continuous. Like, oh, we should get out in time. Or like, it hits her and she's like under it or something but this little strut hits the ground and ricochets off the wall multiple times it does and then it turns into a boomerang i'm like what the fuck is this bullshit <laughs> like even if we're talking about like fortune and stuff that's a bit of a fucking stretch i mean that's the whole thing of it though isn't it? i know but like even the rats i'm like oh, okay I've seen, I've seen a rat run up a wall okay sure whatever but like i don't know about this strut turned into a bo- i don't know about that that boomerang's a bit much yeah. My low light is this guy immediately diffusing the battle royale off screen. Mm, yeah, I was a bit bummed that we didn't get to see, um, was it green outfit glasses guy? Was one of the guys I was Yeah, really he was the one for? who loomed over Jolene at the start and then immediately yeah. collapsed. Yeah. Oh, God, I was so, I was so keen to see other fights, but alas. Instead of the fights we're getting. Yeah, but it was not meant to be. <laughs> oh. 
So, Nick. Yes. Jolene is nursing her meteor injuries. Yep. And Asui is standing there. Being like, oh god, I love this broad. She's the best. <laughs> I get to stand with her. This is amazing. Foo Fighters has had her can opened. <laughs> okay. Like a tin of sardines. Yep. Uh, Kenzo is Kenzoing it up. Yep. And they've got to get that bone. they got to get the bone. Dio's what, bone. What will happen next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Mm-hmm. Stone Ocean. Yeah. Episode 18. Yep. Entitled, Enter the Foo Fighters. Ooh. Not the dragon. The Foo Fighters. Yeah. Um, okay, so I reckon Foo Fighters so will... Foo Fighters is probably dead, right? With a name like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I reckon Foo Fighters will probably just go, Oh, you thought that would kill me? And just immediately yep. pop the head back on. And just, just seal it on up. Mm-hmm. And it'll be like, Oh, no, I can't die. <laughs> and then this guy might just have like... A... I promise I'll never die. Yeah, and then might just go, But... But Fortune, and then the dragon will be like, hey, old man, you suck. I hate you. I've always hated you, old man. Because I'm getting the vibe that the dragon is not on the old man's side either. Are you getting that vibe from how he keeps saying, I'm neutral? Yeah. So maybe the dragon will be his downfall? Ooh, how ironic. Like, maybe Foo Fighters will be like, hey, dragon, can I just use you as well? And he'll be like, yeah, sure. You I don't violated give a my draconic neutrality. <laughs> Time to kill you. Maybe, I don't know. But I think it's going to be around that idea of, oh, wait, I can just use the dragon myself. Mm, use the feng shui oh. against him. Yeah, something like that. That would be cool. Um, or it's just going to be Foo Fighters will trick him and be like, you thought it was good luck, but it wasn't. It was bad luck. You forgot. I am literal fluid. Well, Nick, I don't think you'll see how this one resolves itself coming. Ah, shit. Uh, what are you, what's going on with getting that bone? Um, well, we still got Pinhead in the back there. Yep. So he's going to be the next threat. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is the bone for? I still don't know what the... I mean, it's obviously for attaining heaven. But, <laughs> obviously. But I don't know what it's actually for. Like... Get that bone. Like, from what I've heard and understood from you and mutual friends who have also been like, oh yeah, the, bo- the, the whole attaining heaven thing is just weird. Like, I don't, I don't know what this attaining heaven thing is all about. Like, it could be immortality, but... He already got that, right? Dio already had immortality yeah. from being a vampire. So I'm a bit like, is attaining heaven just starting another cult? Christian God you know? is real. And Dio <laughs> wants to go fight him in heaven. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, maybe it's just an ability to let others become a vampire without getting bitten. That's not how it works. It's a stone mask. I mean, the... Oh. <laughs> maybe it's going to turn his bone into a stone mask. Okay, but why would Dio need that? Because then he could wear it and like ascend even more to become another. Oh, like a whole cars situation. Yeah, exactly. Become the ultimate being, you know, that kind of stuff. Okay. Something like that. That's a reasonable guess. Yeah, like something like I'm going to become the ultimate being again and attain heaven. I'm going to be even more ultimate. I'm going to do Super Saiyan 2. Yeah, because right now it's just a vampire that can shoot lasers from his eyes. Um, And stop time. And stop time. And freeze people with a single touch. Yeah, but there could be more. You know, it could be he could fly with wings. Which he can fly. No, no, he can hover. (laughs) Anyway, so he can do a lot of stuff, but he could do more. He could always do more. He could phase his out. His limitless ambition is truly his strongest feature. Exactly. As per the pure evil wiki. <laughs> Lest we forget his understanding of the legal system. Terrifying. Well, Nick, we'll find out next time on JoJo's World as we enter the Foo Fighters. But until then, to, to be, be continued. continued.